0: Hallelujah! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah! Yes, we're still in Easter season. We're still celebrating the resurrection and wondering what it means for us and how we might respond. The resurrection stories themselves in the Gospels suggest that one response, an important response, is to bear Witness. Go and tell others, the risen Christ tells women at the empty tomb. Go and make disciples and teach and baptize, he commissions his disciples at the end of Matthew. You are witnesses to these things, he tells them at the end of Luke in our gospel reading just a couple weeks ago. But how? How do we witness to our faith in this time and this place? We're all quite familiar with one answer to that question. Tell other people what you believe and why, and why they should believe it too. Correct their errors, mend their ways, chalk up another conversion, win another soul for Jesus. In fact, It may be experiences with this approach that make some of us shy away from evangelizing at all. After all, we have Muslim friends, Jewish friends, Buddhist, Hindu friends, atheist friends, and we respect them. Sometimes we may even envy their integrity, their goodness, their faith then there's the fact that historically, this approach has done so, so much harm. It has cloaked cultural imperialism and fueled the evils of colonialism and forced assimilation among indigenous peoples. One of the greatest sins of Christianity, says theologian, Serene Jones, has been its refusal to engage other religions gracefully and graciously. I'm afraid that refusal, that arrogance, has not been limited to Christian interactions with other religions either. Why else would we have so many denominations, so many divisions in the church? And personally, admittedly, I recall with regret some of my own disdain toward other traditions. I recall some of my own interactions with Christians, Christian friends, who in suffering have expressed deep doubt or have made meaning of their suffering with a theology that I have found troublesome, not quite right and my own discomfort and anxiousness, I wanted to correct them, fix them. I thought that a faithful response for me would be to defend God, or at least my view of God. But if you've ever been on the receiving end of this kind of Christian witness or Christian care, you know how alienating it can be. So how do we evangelize? What might faithful witness look like here today, in this pluralistic society, in this political climate, or in the various pastoral situations or conversations we might find ourselves? Well, the Bible's always a good place to start with questions like this. And fortunately, today we have among our readings in the reading from Acts, one of the classic witness and conversion stories featuring the great evangelist Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And the story starts, mind you, with God. The witness starts with the word of God coming to Philip. And Philip Listening and obeying, and getting up and going out onto this wilderness road where, lo and behold, there's an Ethiopian eunuch sitting in a chariot with a Bible in his lap. Now, notice that this is an outsider, a foreigner who has come to Jerusalem to worship, and he's reading Jewish scriptures. But he's also a eunuch, forbidden to enter the temple. He's a high court official, and he's a servant, which means he doesn't quite fit into any of the usual categories, at least not neatly. It seems he doesn't quite belong anywhere. The spirit tells Philip to go over to this stranger's chariot and join it not take over not redirect but join it so philip forsakes his pride perhaps even his safety runs up to this stranger notices what he's doing already and asks a question as a way of invitation now the ethiopian takes a risk too a great one he admits what he doesn't know And he invites this complete stranger to get into his chariot and sit beside him, beside him, not in front, not behind, but beside him and to help him interpret this scripture. And it's only at this point at the Ethiopians invitation and in the Ethiopians chariot that Philip begins to share the good news. So far, He hasn't said anything about his own beliefs or why they're right. Rather, he's acted on his belief, trusting the spirit himself and following the spirit's lead himself, step by risky step. And then he has trusted the Ethiopian, too, and listened to him and followed him, even when he points to water and says, what is to prevent me from being baptized? In the translation we heard, Philip doesn't say anything, but you can imagine the host of answers he's sorting through. Well, you're an Ethiopian for starters and a eunuch. You haven't been through classes, you haven't been examined, and well, this just isn't how we do baptisms. But in the meantime, the Ethiopian answers his own question by commanding the chariot to stop, and they go down to the water together, and Philip baptizes him. You see, the Ethiopian eunuch is a witness here, too. He witnesses also by trusting that he belongs already as he is to God and in this church. He trusts that the forgiveness and new life, the identity and belonging, all those gifts of Christ that are assured in baptism, he trusts that they are for him too, no matter what anyone says. And his trust, his faith leads to a conversion or change or turning for Philip and for the church. That was 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years later, in 2000, Bishop Michael Curry tells a similar witness and conversion story that shows this continuing Christian witness, this way of Christian witness and its impact. He had barely moved into his office, Curry says, as the newly elected Bishop of North Carolina when he got a visit from an Episcopalian named Robert Wright. No relation to our diocesan bishop in Atlanta. This other Robert shared with me, Curry recalls, that he was a gay man who had been with his partner since 1983. He had come to ask me a very direct question. As North Carolina's new bishop, would I support the blessing of same-sex unions and the ordination of partnered gay and lesbian priests? What is to prevent me from being baptized? Now, this was in 2003, years before the consecration of Bishop Gene Robinson, and these were contentious, divisive issues in this country and in the church. And for a new bishop overseeing a diverse network of churches, it was a landmine. Plus, Curry had his own history, his own stories, his own upbringing and internalized beliefs to sort through and to negotiate. So he answered honestly, brother, I'm not there yet. Stay with me. Give me some time and keep talking with me. And his brother did. Robert hopped up into that chariot and rode with Curry over this period of introspection and soul-searching. Yes, he stayed with him because Robert had faith in him and in this church. And he had faith in himself and in the truth he knew that he too was a beloved child of God and that he too belonged fully in this community. And then in the safety of this hope-filled, this faith-filled relationship and with the guidance of Robert's clear yet gentle way of love, Curry changed he converted. And he reflects later in his book, Love is the Way, we all like to think of ourselves as paragons of virtue and intimations of perfection. But none of us are. And I know that I'm not. We're works in progress, hopefully. That means we've got to grow and learn and evolve. We have to be willing to be wrong. Curry's conversion did not stop with those words. It did not stop with that change of heart and mind. He had to act on it in his personal life and publicly as the leader of this church. But he had to do it, he says, in a way that respected those who saw things differently. He would have to learn, he says, to stand and kneel at the same time. This, my friends, is where we so often get witness wrong. Convinced of what is right, of what is true or good or loving or ethical, we can forget to be loving and respectful in our pursuit of these things, in our advocacy of these things. We forget to be loving and respectful ourselves. We can forget that we, too, are works in progress, hopefully. And we need one another to keep growing and learning and evolving. And standing for what we do know, we can forget to kneel before what we don't know or don't even know we don't know. But that's part of our Christian witness to. That, my friends, is what we as Christians bring into our own public square and the conflicts of our time. We bring our humility and our faith, our embodied faith in God and in others. We witness through our own commitment to ongoing conversion and growth, not just for other people, but for ourselves. And we witness through our own walking or trying to walk in the radical, risky way of Christ's love. And sometimes falling down and realizing we've been wrong and getting up again and trusting again in God's love for all people, including us. We witness, my friends, by loving, by loving one another and persisting in love, insisting on love when it gets hard. And we witness by having faith, by leaning on faith, ourselves, in all we do, wherever we go, Whatever good we are pursuing, we trust in God, we trust in others, and we trust in ourselves, all at the same time. May it be so. Amen.